This is MJ. I'm an author. I'm an artist. I'm an analyzer. You can find all my work at MJMunoz.com. Welcome to my fully operational Star Wars analysis. It's time to discuss the big episode. It's actually not the big episode. It's just an okay episode. Uh, Ahsoka Episode 4, Fallen Jedi. Yes. Yes, that's what it's called. Fallen Jedi. And I'm not 100% sure why it's called Fallen Jedi. I've got like six candidates. Not really. There's only maybe three. Three three to four candidates for what? Okay, there's five candidates for why the episode is called Fallen Jedi. And I'm wondering exactly what it means. There's literally, well, I'll get into it later. But anyway, I like this episode. Uh, Overall, I think... Huh... So I was going to say, I think this episode was faster and more intense than the previous episodes, but in a way that's not true, because it couldn't have been. Uh, Ahsoka and Sabine were stuck on Cetos, I believe is what it's called. Uh, Cetos, the least favorite planet of all sailors in the galaxy. Okay, that was a dad joke. Anyway, um, so... They're stuck on Cetus with their ship not working. Huyang is trying to repair it, and I believe they're doing some repairs as well. Uh, they're trying to... They know that they're near the enemy, uh, because that's... You know, they went towards the enemy, and they know the enemy has a base of some sort. Uh, I don't know if they know about the map reading monument site thing that the, uh, I guess the Night Sisters, the ancient Night Sisters, uh, set up. I don't know if they know about that, but they can sense the enemy is close, and they want to go investigate them so they can get any leads or something. I guess, or probably just stop them from using the map, right? So, anyway, they want to do that, and the enemy is, like, reading a map most of the time, and talking a little bit about the Jedi, and, uh, and then you have some fights happen. So, I was, you know, it's, it, the fights are interesting, the fights are good, but it's, you know, like I said, I wanted to say it was faster and more intense, even though there was a lot of sitting around, standing around, looking at stuff, talking, uh, you know, us reading maps, which, by the way, they did a very good job of, through that, uh, I don't know if it's Dathomir or if it's Night Sister, I don't know which came first, um, but that Night Sister, uh, the droid or whatever that's working for Morgan Elsbeth is reading the, the meter on, like, the star map, which has, like, eight or nine nodes on it or whatever, uh, I would think probably because of Stargate, that if you're looking for a location in the universe, that you would need seven points um, of reference, not like nine or ten or whatever that map had. So I wonder why they chose nine or ten and what it means, and I don't need Star Wars to be hard science fiction because it's mostly, you know, space fantasy, space opera, and I'm happy with that, but um, certain things like that don't make sense. Uh, Like if, uh, for some reason, they went through all this extra work to give people like three fingers instead of uh, four fingers, or, you know, three fingers and a thumb instead of four fingers and a thumb as a normal course of action, and it was, like, very important to them to get that detail of human anatomy wrong. I mean, I would buy it, I'd go with it, but I wouldn't understand why that decision was made. And similarly, uh, even though I don't think Stargate accurately represents astrophysics, it may, I don't think it does, uh, it also doesn't make sense to me to uh, turn you're back on, like, an established science fiction concept of the, uh, like, the seven points for, I don't know, intergalactic travel or whatever. Um, that doesn't quite make sense to me, and like I said, it would make more sense for, if you're thinking about the cube with the dot inside of it for the reference for a location in three-dimensional space, that does make a lot more sense, seven. But, uh, whatever. I don't really care. 
Um, that's fine with me. Uh, maybe you could even do it like the different points of a cube. Let me think about a cube. How many points are there? How many corners are there in a cube? Could the eight corners of a cube give you the orientation of something? Maybe. Are there eight corners? I don't know. I'll have to do the math later. I'm not doing it right now. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, that was kind of weird that there was a lot of standing around talking, and yet it felt faster and more intense. Well, maybe it felt faster and more intense because of the caliber of the conversations, and maybe it felt that way because of the uh, actual action fighting that did happen when we got to that point. Also, there was a little bit with uh, Hera and Jason Sandula talking to the New Republic, dealing with them, and uh, it's kind of cool that that Carson guy, like... I can't tell if that guy's Asian or Mexican, but it doesn't really matter. But Carson, regardless, the X-Wing pilot who let Mando go uh, in Mando Season 2 and helped him out on the ice planet and stuff, uh, that guy, and I guess he talked to... <laughs> he talked to your girl, uh, um, Lisa Gonna Fire Her, or I, I'm a Gonna Be Fired. Um, I can't remember the, the lady's name or the character's name from Mando Season 1. The lady, uh, Drop, drop Troop, whatever she was, the Alderanian lady. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so he talked to her about becoming a ranger of the New Republic when that show was still going to happen, which who knows if it will, probably not, especially with the writer's strike, they'll just drop it and it'll go away forever. Um, so, which that makes me a little sad, but you know, what are you going to do? You're, uh, you're choosing to count out of people and, uh, you're not just choosing to have your vision and make it happen. So that's on you, boo. That's on you. Anyway, so... Uh, yeah, I uh, I think that's, you know, it's cool to see him there. Uh, it's odd that he's, like, friends with her or whatever. And uh, But then again, maybe him being friends with her or knowing her as General Sanula, uh, that would explain why he's okay with uh, uh, people bending the rules or breaking the rules a little bit in the name of uh, getting good stuff done. Um, I did like that... I, I don't know why I'm talking about Jason Sanula. I did like that Jason Sanula said, Mom, why do you get to break rules and I have to follow them? I, I love her response. Well, when you're a general, then you can start breaking rules. Until then, uh, you know, buckle up, buddy. Um, that was kind of fun. It was a cool mom moment. It was a cool kid moment. Like, hey, what, what are you doing here? Come on. You, uh, you're not supposed to be doing this, are you? And, uh, yeah, I mean, she is oh, disobeying orders. I wonder if we'll get to see her get in trouble. I wonder if she will get in that much trouble. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, maybe she's ex- maybe Mon Mothma and Ziono uh, signed the order of her execution. <laughs> and... Uh, that's why we don't see her in the uh, sequel trilogy. Oh, no, the ghost showed up, or a ghost-like ship showed up in The Rise of Skywalker. I'm sure uh, Hera was there. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. It's funny, I read the uh, little synopsis on Disney Plus before I watched the episode, and it was like, Hera risks it all to save her friends. And she was in it for, like, three minutes, five minutes tops, which is kind of funny. Um... I did like... I'm going to start talking about the actual meat of what happened uh, now. Uh, I did like the fact that... Well, maybe I like the fact that uh, Sabine held her own for so long. Well, she's been... Okay. So, I thought it was a little interesting that Sabine was holding her own so well against Shin. However, we don't know how long Sabine has been training with Ahsoka again. And she was allegedly rusty. She's a Mandalorian, though, so... Like, I expect her battle prowess to be better than your average person, which is probably why she was able to stand up against Shin, who had just, like, you know... Well, she'd mowed down all those people on that New Republic transport ship, but uh, who knows how many people she and Balin had been fighting and killing, potentially, before this, 
you know, it sounds like they're mercenaries for Morgan Elizabeth. They could be generic mercenaries, though, and they could do a lot of fighting and killing. So she's very much in practice. Her skills are sharpened, whereas Sabine's on it because she's been used to just, you know, pouting and, uh, you know, driving too fast and threatening the lives of people who she likes um, with her stupid stunts. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over that Top Gun BS that she did in that first episode because it was dumb. Uh, like, on so many levels. But anyway... I won't get into it now. So, uh, you know, that could explain the difference between them. And then maybe, again, we don't know the timeline exactly, but Sabine and Ahsoka have been training together again. And so Sabine is sharper. She's also in her Mandalorian armor, which I don't think it covers the same area in, like, the lower abdomen where she got stabbed, uh, skewered before by, uh, by Shin. But um, it didn't happen this time. Uh, I loved seeing her... Now that we've seen The Mandalorian and we have the context on Beskar and how it works, because uh, I didn't know that. I, I'd never read that in the books. I think I even read The Mandalorian Armor and I didn't know... I don't think it was Beskar. I'm pretty sure they made that up for the Mando, which I think is great, especially because it explains how they can go toe-to-toe with Jedi. But if you want to hear me talk about that, I'll uh, beg me to re-upload uh, to this feed my, uh, my Mandalorian episodes. Um, and my book of Boba Fett stuff too as well anyway um, so but I love that like Mandalorians are so cool and so great because they have this special Mandalorian ore uh, the Beskar that is lightsaber proof I believe uh, it's it shrugs off uh, blaster bolts which is great and we saw Sabine getting hit by some blaster bolts and they just bounce right off of her and she's shooting at these uh these guards, these... Were there HK droids there other than the one that fought Hu Yang? I don't know. By the way, that was freaking hilarious that Hu Yang and this HK droid were fighting each other and it was like freaking uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots. That was amazing. Like, I love these droids punching each other. That's so great. And then, like, Hu Yang is calling out to Ahsoka <laughs> and Sabine and the HK droid is smart enough and sophisticated enough to cover up his vocabulator to shut him up. And, like, we've seen people cover up uh, 3PO's mouth to get him to talk. But, like, you know, I don't think it was clear that he was or if it was just, like, that's a symbol or a sign for shut up. And because he's fluent, fluent in so many forms of communication, he knew that and went ahead and uh, complied with shutting up. So I, I, I don't know how that works. But that was great. The Rock'em Saga robots, that was so friggin' fun. And, uh, man, I like Hu Yang. Uh, again, I don't know David Tennant from Doctor Who, but, like, his personality is very fun. And uh, I'm sure if I watched a couple episodes of his season of Doctor Who I'd enjoy it because his personality is so fun and he's uh, he's like delightfully quirky or charming if he gets to be like that I kind of think he is written like that in the show but uh, I don't really know I only know Hu Yang I don't know Hu Yang from who so anyway uh, yeah that Rock'em Sock'em Robots bit was hilarious and I want to know who wrote that and who ordered that to be done and if when they did it they thought if it was Dave (laughs) this is going to be a Rock'em Sock'em Robots moment it's going to be great uh, or what? But anyway, amazing. Uh, so like I said, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I thought it was interesting, like the like Balin's, like I don't know. He seemed to be either disgusted by the witchcraft uh, that Morgan was doing, or he was like I don't know, impressed by it, or he was dis- maybe he was dismissive of it, like <laughs> witchcraft. I got the Force Lady. I'm way better than you. But it's like I don't know. Can you make? Can you power a star map with the force, uh, like she's doing with her uh, her Dathomiri or her, her night sister magic? Um, I don't quite know. I don't quite know. But anyway, 
I like their interactions. Uh, I like you know that she challenges him, that she talks to him and asks him if he's afraid to fight and kill Ahsoka. Um, and he basically says no. And then I, I love his presence. So, like, obviously Balin was written a certain way. But uh, I happened to watch uh, this video about, I guess, the Punisher movie. It was a, I'm just going to tell you. <clears throat> Get ready to hate me or not. Get ready to hate me or love me. It was a Razor Fist video. And he was talking about this... Uh, Ray Stevenson Punisher Warzone movie uh, that was this Marvel Knights thing. It was, like, super violent and super gory. It was weird and gross in some ways, but uh, there was also some stuff that was kind of delightful about it, and especially, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard Razor Fist talk, but he's uh, he's a joy to listen to, <laughs> as long as you're not going to get your knickers in a bunch over some of the stuff he says. Which, by the way, he's got the worst, uh, the worst tag out of anybody I've ever heard. Um, but anyway... Uh, so yeah, uh, so I had an appreciation for Ray Stevenson, you know, I know he died, so, you know, obviously, it seems like a lot of people get lionized when they're dead. Uh, we just think all these great things about them, which is probably better than the alternative, which is when somebody's dead, we're like, oh man, that guy, I'm glad he's gone, he was such a jerk, but, uh, anyway, um, it was cool, there was a little clip at the end where this, uh, uh I don't know if he, he, I think he was like second generation, maybe, or, anyway, whatever, he was a soldier, who did weapons training, and he was like, man, this Ray Stevenson guy, I've been around, I've been, I grew up around guns, I've known guns my whole life, I've been shooting since I was a kid, and this guy took to, you know, the guns and the weapons training and everything like a duck to water, and it was just amazing, and I thought, that was pretty cool, that's pretty cool that this guy was like, either so seriously committed to his job, or maybe he was so into the idea of, you know, guns and defense and like everything that means, and I think, like when you take firearms safety courses, they treat you to respect uh, the power of the gun, like, you're not supposed to do certain things with it, there's rules you're supposed to know so that you realize, like, this is a killing weapon that I'm holding in my hands right now, and I need to be careful with it, not to harm myself or anybody else accidentally, it's, it's a weighty responsibility, and it's something that, uh, that is impressed upon you when you first, uh, handle a blaster, so, uh, or handle a gun, sorry, I'm thinking about Star Wars, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about Star Wars and Han handing her that gun, and he's like, you know what you're learn, and being all worried about it, um, but, my man did not go over with her the rules of blaster safety. That's a little disappointing. Anyway, so, uh, yeah. Um, so Ray Stevenson had, like, a real presence. Like, getting to see Balin, you know, mow down people was cool in that first episode. I loved their entrance. It was really fantastic. His little I'm no Jedi line. Um, it was all really good stuff, right? Like, it really made a great impression. But, uh, and I don't know if I'm talking about the man, or I'm talking about the actor, or I'm talking about the character and the writing of it, but the way that he presented himself and carried himself and made his offer to Sabine at the end of the episode was, like, really impressive. And I thought, man, this guy is, like, this guy is really cool. I really like him. There's something... Like, Dooku's charm... And this is nothing interesting, really. Dooku's charm was, like, almost like a... like a political, smarmy, like, elite charm. Like, oh, I'm so much better than you because I'm from this royal family. Whereas, uh... Balin feels, and they call him Lord Balin too, he feels like, I don't know, like he feels like a tested and tried warrior man who you want to listen to and who carries himself with a weight and authority because of the things that he's seen, the things that he's done, the things that he's been through. And like, I kind of feel respect for him and I wonder if Sabine felt respect for him because of his status. He was... Um, hitting her with exactly what he needed to to get 
the map back though and I mean that just shows his cleverness and resourcefulness and he's not just a uh, a hired gun he's not just a hired blade he's a man who thinks and who knows things and he uh, you know is good at dealing with people and that I don't know if that's a credit to the Jedi or if that's a credit to him being rogue and doing whatever it is he's been doing uh, since I don't know the Clone Wars by the way I was looking at his armor and uh, Shin's armor some more, and I'm thinking that it might be like a modified Clone Wars armor, like the kind of Clone Wars armor that during Star Wars The Clone Wars, Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi were wearing. Um, I think it might be like that. Uh, and I think uh, Shin's might be based off of his, especially those like shoulder, they've got those shoulder pad pauldron thingies. Uh, they're not actually pauldrons, they're something else. I don't know what you call those ones, but anyway. It's interesting. The armor really looks like it comes from the Clone Wars. So, uh, you know, hers would be crafted after his because she's so much younger than him. She was probably, you know, she's probably not more than 28 at the most. She looks younger, though. Um, <laughs> like a crazy teenager. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, that's, that's pretty interesting. Maybe he had Clone Wars armor during the Clone Wars as a Jedi, and then he went off somewhere in the far reaches of space and got diverted and uh, just had, you know, he got used to that and had armor fashioned after that. I don't know. And then, obviously, you know, the Padawan copies the Master, so that makes sense. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I really like his performance. I really like his, like, temptation of Sabine, and I don't know how I feel about her falling to the temptation and going for it, and it's interesting because, you know, Huyang tells Sabine and Ahsoka... I want you to promise me that you'll stay together. And they're like, oh, of course we're going to stay together. You know us. And it's like, yeah, I know you. That's why I'm telling you, please stay together, you two. Anyway, um, but I like that. And I like how you can see the negative result, the result of them splitting up, is Sabine can't come through. She doesn't have the Jedi discipline. She doesn't have the dedication. She's too attached to Ezra to let go, to destroy the map, so that nobody can ever find... Uh, Thrawn and bring him back and bring war back to the galaxy. So, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I've got, like, a big problem with the moral failing of Sabine here, where her personal feelings and her wanting to see her <coughs> brother again uh, means that she's willing to risk the lives of billions of beings by bringing, potentially bringing Thrawn, letting Thrawn get brought back and bringing war to the galaxy. I don't understand how she can do that. And I'm going to be real hard on her because, like, in Star Wars Rebels, we learn that on Mandalore, she literally uh, <laughs> built a weapon, a super weapon for the Empire that they turn around and use on Mandalore. I think they used it on Mandalorians and it, like, specifically, like, killed them but left their Beskar armor intact, which, at the time, I didn't know it was Beskar and I don't think Filoni did either. So I don't think he knew about its uh, resiliency. But it basically, and uh, it left their armor intact, which... I don't know, maybe he did know and they wanted to, like, break it down and mine it, or, you know, I don't know, turn it into ingots, or maybe use it for stormtrooper, elite stormtrooper weapons, or I, who knows, or, or armor, I mean. Um, we don't know. But uh, I believe that was the detail that it left their armor, and, like, that was all that was left of them. And, you know, that's creepy. Um, <clears throat> also, I guess if it just destroys organic material and leaves goods behind, that's also a good weapon to have if you're, you know, evil. Um, and you want to reap the resource... I said reap, okay? You want to reap the resources from your enemies after you've murdered them. Uh, it's a good way to do it. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, like, she's... All, like, Sabine's got a lot of blood on her hands. And I don't know... Like, and of her own kin. And now this guy's her kin. But then I guess we learn somehow that Ahsoka abandoning uh, Sabine led to her people. Like, her literal family. I think, like, her mom. Because... 
Uh, I don't think her mom died until. Well, when did her mom die? When was that? I don't. I don't know what. A, I don't know what Sabine's complaining about. Did Ahsoka abandon her after she started training her as a Padawan, which is that's what it sounds like, or did Ahsoka abandon her by not being around during parts of Star Wars Rebels that got her family killed? Because I don't think her mom. It's like her mom and her brother, and I don't think her dad was around anymore from Rebels, and I don't remember them dying in the show. Um, but if they did, it was probably because of Thrawn, which you would think she the threat of Thrawn coming back and you know getting more people's families killed would be closer to home for her. So I don't know, man. This lady, uh, me no likey how Davy write her. Um, she's not making a lot of sense, and I think Sabine's smarter than this, which is why it's so frustrating. Um, I don't hate the character; I hate the poor writing behind the character that's making them into a stupid, less cool character. Although, speaking of <laughs> stupid and less cool, um, <laughs> uh, people were speculating that when Shin was telling Sabine, you don't have any power, or whatever, in the trailer, then Sabine was holding up her hand that she was going to hit her with the Force, and instead she hits her with a Mandalorian weapon, which I prefer. Um... I think that's way cooler in some ways. And I like that the uh, expectations were subverted then because people were speculating, talking about the episodes, oh, okay, at this point, this is when Sabine is going to really kick it into overdrive. She'll be able to contact the Force and then, you know, whatever. Whatever will happen. So I don't know that this lady's ever going to get any more Force potential other than being able to successfully wield... Or I don't know that she'll be able to tap into the Force except for... And I can accept this. I don't know if I already said this. Uh, being able to successfully wield a lightsaber without hurting herself and being able to do well in combat against a Force user um, due to her Mandalorian training plus having a little bit of a connection with the Force. Um, that would be cool. I, I wouldn't mind that at all. But I don't think she should be pushing and grabbing and choking and all that stuff uh, with the Force. So, um, anyway, but if she... I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll see where things go because the end of the episode they made the jump uh, in the eye of Os- uh, in Osiris in the eye of Sion uh, or with the eye of Sion. So I'm really curious to see where that goes and what that means and you know if traveling through hyperspace can take like weeks to get from one system to another and they're going to another place. Is it going to be months? Is it going to be a year before they get to uh, the other galaxy? I have no idea. Uh, I'm sure they have an idea and I'm sure there's a big. I don't know, big plan in place, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see what it is, um, finally, um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna wrap it up, because this has been going on way too long, I want these episodes to be closer to ten minutes, and I'm at double that length, um, <laughs> my powers have doubled since we last met, Count, uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, speaking of which, speaking of Hayden Christensen and his, uh, great Anakin line delivery, and Anakin of Revenge of the Sith, uh, when Ahsoka fell fell off the cliff, uh, does that mean she's the fallen Jedi? Or does that mean Balin's the fallen Jedi? Or is your girl Sabine the fallen Jedi Padawan because she fell to the temptation of Balin and gave in to her emotions and attachments and whatnot? Or is Anakin Skywalker, Sky Guy, calling out snips? Is he, in the world between worlds, at the end of the episode, the fallen Jedi that we're talking about? I don't know. I don't know, but I honestly uh, am, like, I, I, I rolled my eyes. I saw Ahsoka fall off, and I thought, oh, wow, I wonder how she's going to recover from this. How will Ahsoka return in Star Wars Ahsoka? Streaming now on Disney+. Plus. Get the Disney Hulu bundle. Anyway, I didn't know how that was going to happen, that she was going to be okay. 
I still don't quite know how it's going to happen, that she's going to be okay, how she's going to recover and get up on that cliff. But I also don't know how it is possible that Sabine got pulled out of the world between worlds. Uh, I don't think Hayden or Anakin was rocking the scar on his eye. And he looked... I mean, obviously he's older. Um, but looks like the guy's in great shape. And uh, I, I heard he came back in Kenobi, but I don't actually know that. Uh, and I don't know how much he was back. He just, like, voiced a couple lines or what, because I still haven't watched Kenobi. But anyway, uh, he looked a little different. I don't think he had the scar. Wouldn't it be amazing if Anakin, Revenge of the Sith Anakin, was away somewhere... And he fell into the world between worlds. Because I'm remembering now how the world between worlds works. And he somehow pulled Ahsoka out of the time stream and into the world between worlds at that time to save her from death because he knew that her destiny was not to die at that time so he wasn't going to mess with time. Or maybe because he's Anakin, he's like, you know what, I don't care. I'm going to save my Padawan. It doesn't matter. Um, and then somehow he gets the scar in there with her whether alongside her or fighting against her for some reason and then he ends up leaving the world between worlds and uh that's when he goes back to Padme and uh the twins are conceived um <laughs> that is a Gendy Tartakovsky Star Wars micro series uh Clone Wars deep cut I hope you got it not as deep. Well, never mind. Anakin's cut was a shallow cut, so never mind. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm really curious about that. I'm really curious about that to see what happens uh, with him. But I do not like that. It seems like Anakin was in the world between worlds, and he pulled Ahsoka into it to save her life because that doesn't quite make sense. And I know uh, Ahsoka. I mean, like, and also that would be the second time she was pulled into the world between worlds to have her life saved by somebody, and that feels like a little too much. feels like a little too much on a few levels, and, uh, like, it didn't have to happen that way. How else... I don't know. How did Ezra get in? I was expecting Ahsoka to get in the same way. Um, or in a similar way, in a parallel way. But instead, she, like, you know, falls into it, which is super silly. And, uh, I don't like that. Uh, if Anakin was in the world between worlds for whatever reason, did he fall and somebody pulled him into it? Like, do you have to be pulled? No, you don't, okay? That's not the rules. Um, so, I think it would have been more interesting if he'd gotten pulled in at one time and she'd gotten pulled in at a later time as an adult Padawan and, or, you know, as her, in her current state, post-Return of the Jedi, in her Ahsoka show, from that timeline, if she'd got pulled in uh, or entered into the world between worlds, like, maybe after, I don't know, whatever, make up a reason for her to go in there. She goes in there and she meets Anakin at that time maybe uh, in an attempt to figure out what to do with this whole my Padawan is gone uh, Sabine betrayed me gave this information over to these bad guys and now Thrawn's going to come into the universe like yeah I, I, I would have preferred that but anyway don't know what they're thinking but I'm really interested to see I really hope all of next episode is just Anakin and Ahsoka talking with each other in live action that would be super amazing. That'd make me so happy. And, uh... Yeah, I don't even know what. Like, I don't want them to sit down and have calf. But I want... I just want them to talk. <laughs> I just want them to talk. That'd be so cool. 
So, anyway, that's all I have to say. This is an overstuffed episode. This is a bonus. See, actually, this is not... I didn't fail you by going over the time. I'm giving you a gift. It's the gift of hearing me talk about Star Wars in such a fun way. Fun, casual way. It's like you're sitting right here next to me in the truck while I'm driving to work. Um, Anyway, um, if you've made it this far, God bless you. Uh, That's because I heard you sneeze. No, if you made it this far, God bless you. And uh, thank you for sticking around. And uh, I'd love to hear your comments uh, based on the episode itself or on anything I said about this episode and, you know, Ahsoka in general. I touched on some other stuff. Um, Mostly Ninja Turtles. No, I didn't. I felt... Like, I referenced something from the 80s, but it wasn't Ninja Turtles. Anyway, that's it. I thank you for your time and attention. Uh, Come back for the next one. Um, Peace out. And uh, this is MJ, signing out. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to mjmunoz.com to leave any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have. There you can find all of my analysis, art, and fiction. I cover books, tokusatsu, comic books, anime, and more. Look around. You're sure to find something else that you'll enjoy as well. This has been a Story Over Everything production.